The Chicago Bears are making their first selection of the 2020 draft. They didn't have a first-round pick at number 43 overall. They're going tight end. Our first tight end off the board, and it's from Notre Dame, Cole Komet. Yeah. I mean, look, Cole Komet, in my opinion, is the best tight end in this draft. He's the most complete tight end, even though he really only has a year of starting experience. But when you watch him on tape, he's probably the best blocker, putting his hand down in the dirt, firing off the football. But he's also athletic enough to be able to split outside and, and run routes like a wide receiver. He's got a huge frame. And at six foot six, 262 pounds, he ran a great 42 at the combine. And remember, a lot of upside. This is a dual-sport athlete at Notre Dame playing baseball ball as well and really only started one season uh, at Notre Dame at the tight end spot so so much left ahead Chicago Bears getting whether it's Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky some help now this offseason D and Davis the show and we are lucky enough to be joined by sports reporter and anchor from ABC 7 here in Chicago Dion Miller how are you doing Dion I am good how are you guys I'm hanging in there I guess is the best way we can all do it today is a good day the sun is shining so, yes, we all hanging in there. Yeah. One one tradition, Dion, we've had every time you join with us, it always slipped into fashion somehow. <laughs> and I just wonder because, like, I have on this polo and I have on house pants, and I'm not asking what you have on. <laughs> that's not that's not the angle. That's not the angle. That's not the angle. But like, for go ahead. What are you about to say? Well, I was gonna. I was like, say, I kind of want to tell you what my uniform is at home during quarantine, if you yeah, want me to. Yes, please. What? Like, okay. go ahead. So currently, I mean, I don't want to get like weird, but um, I currently have my dress on for anchoring later, oh, okay. um, but I am wearing my Lululemon leggings underneath mm -hmm. and a pair of um, sparkly slippers that have become my go-to right. from Old Navy. I wear them all day. And I'm also wearing a, a lovely Lululemon cover-up because I'm cold still in my own home all the time. I feel um, you. The, the Lululemon leggings, I wear them under every dress with suit jackets i mean i'm wearing them daily okay listen okay. i haven't i haven't wore a pair of jeans in about a month sweatpants <laughs> right. yeah. I actually, today i actually thought i should try on some of those dresses that were a little more form-fitting before quarantine just to make sure <laughs> but i didn't do that today we're going comfort over that today. there you okay. go okay okay so we got that we got that part out of the way <laughs> All right, so let's definitely delve into the draft. Uh, the last three days, the NFL's had their virtual draft. One, what did you think of the virtual draft? In particular, one Bears coach, Matt Nagy's beautiful, uh, brilliant mind, beautiful room that he had in his basement. Yeah, Was that incredible? That yeah. was incredible. Um, I love that he has all the play cards from that season. I love it. Um, I thought that was really a nice little peek into who he is and how um, he just likes to surround himself with good things right so that's why he did that is he that was a winning season they did really well he wanted to put that i i i love the idea i thought that was really really cool to see gosh i hope the bears are involved in the first round next year because mm -hmm. once they got on the clock in the second round i thought it was exciting and yeah. i really didn't hate the way that the nfl and espn did and abc7 did that i i don't i didn't hate that i wouldn't mind doing the draft that way again i liked seeing the families, I think it was a really, it made it a really special moment for the players and for GMs and coach it and guys in their own war room, the way they did it. I thought it was, it was good entertainment. Um, Thursday night lost me just because the bears weren't involved. I mean, I was, I was watching and full disclosure, like towards the end, I was like, okay, like I I'm done. I need to, I need something. So it was, but then Friday night, I couldn't turn away. Like, I was so intrigued. I was watching every move. It was just, 
it was more exciting to see it unfold that way once the Bears got involved. And particularly the fifth round yesterday, like I was going back from the radio, going from the score, seeing what they were doing on TV. Mm-hmm. And again, we always know that Ryan Pace is active, but I didn't feel like it was foolhardy. I felt like the guys he hit it on, he, he hit on, they needed them. And outside of the information that the Bears gave us, when you kind of delve into what everybody, how they rated them, they got some good players, it seems like, in the fifth round, to say the least. I totally agree with you. And I, I know that Pace is all about conviction, and that's when he becomes aggressive. But I agree. I feel like I mean, they got three really solid players in like a 20 pick span Mm -hmm. and they got the one thing I felt that I was different about pace this year than we've seen in the past. I didn't feel like he was reaching. I didn't feel like he was trying so hard Mm. to say, this is the diamond in the rough. I felt like he took truly stayed true to form and took the best player available for what they needed to fill a need and um, reading about some of these guys especially Travis Gibson, I think he is going to really help the, uh, that front seven and, mm-hmm. and add depth and immediate aggression and disruption and what they needed from Leonard Floyd and they weren't getting. And I feel like now they're going to get that from this kid out of Tulsa, which is super exciting. And then they get a speedy receiver, which they needed. They get another corner. I, I just felt like he acted in a way that made much more sense than in the past where we weren't walking away going, okay, now what? Why? Why? Adam Shaheen, really? Like we didn't say that this draft, which I think is, is a bonus. And I think that that is a good sign for the bears. Deanna definitely helps when you don't have that many drafts, many draft picks. You you can't hurt yourself when you, right. you have so many. So yeah, that was you that was pretty good. Right. <laughs> you can't screw it up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I definitely want to get into. Listen, that would be Cole Commit, the local hometown boy, being drafted by the Bears. Uh, I mean, yes, they have ten tight ends, but all those guys are not going to be on the team, obviously. Right. So, what do you think about the pick? Um, I love it. I really do. I, uh, I love the story. Okay. Like I just can't imagine how many times Cole grew up dreaming about Roger Goodell saying the Chicago bears select Cole Komet. And then, I mean, it gives me goosebumps just to say it because you know, he thought that way, you know, that that's how he grew up watching this team and heard him on a podcast earlier in the week before the draft. And he was talking about, you know, it was a dream come true for me to go to Notre Dame and I got to do that. And now it's like a dream come true. And they had, you know, the neighbors had parade outside his house. I mean, it's just, the story is outstanding, but He has the talent to bring what they need to that position, what they've needed for a very long time. I mean, but swing and a miss, right, on Shaheen, Mm. Trey Burton, like this, he's doing damage control at this point. They had to invest a lot in Jimmy Graham and Demetrius Harris, and now now a second-round draft pick. So they've gotten it wrong. I'm hopeful that this is the step in the right direction and that they're getting a, a kid who has the talent on the field to do what they need him to do and complement a veteran like Graham and Harris and, and really elevate that position and use them the way that they really value the tight end in Matt Nagy's offense. They haven't been able to do that um, the last two years. So I, I really like the pick. I really like the kid. I like the character. I like the family he came from. I know a lot of people have said it. I think the parade outside his house speaks volumes about who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that reflect will reflect well in the tight end room. Um, but yeah, they can't, they need a social distance in that tight end room. They got to get rid of some people because it is real. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> 
D and Davis show sitting in with us, and you can watch this obviously. Dion Miller of ABC Seven Chicago. Make sure you follow Dion on Twitter at D M D Miller ABC Seven. Um, one thing that really jumped out to me was some fact of I think a lot of people thought the Bears were going to go for an offensive lineman. Obviously, they didn't wait to the yeah. to the seventh round uh, pick to get one. So, do, are you surprised that they didn't possibly try to go for the offensive uh, offensive lineman in the second in the second round, or maybe trade up to the third third round to maybe try to get one? I am. I, I'm really surprised they waited until the seventh round. And I kept yesterday, all day, I kept waiting for them, especially in the fifth round when he got super active. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here he's going to bolster that offensive line. He didn't. He waited. Yeah. Now, I, I want to believe that they got, they obviously got what, like a combined 650 pounds of protection. Like, we hope that that works. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, they needed it. They don't have Kyle Long anymore. Mm-hmm. They've had trouble with that front five. They've got to find a way to solidify it. And, and I, I'm not going to, you know, poo-poo a seventh-round pick because we've got guys on the team, Charles Leno, uh, like we've got guys on the team who were picked late and have been productive. So I want to trust that moment um, for them. But I was surprised. I assumed he would go offensive line much earlier um, in the draft. But we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, these guys, they they rated pretty well. I know you guys have done your research. You Mm -hmm. know they rate pretty well. So. Mm So hopefully that, that, that will bring what they need. Um, but they may end up doing more uh, through free agency later. Yeah. Like we, we're just not sure how that will all shake out. Yeah, yeah that's actually what I was going to ask you, Dion. I was going to ask, do you now forecast and perhaps, perhaps doing something when it comes to Allen Robinson's contract, extending it so they'll have more money and then using the – because now they only have really one hole now outside of perhaps safety if they don't go with Bush. But it's right. really looking for an offensive lineman. But the problem in going back to the draft, and of course you would have wanted them to find some value in the middle it's hard to find tackles and I know for the most part yeah. we all we want tackles like right. mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. outside of right guard which at least they have enough guys challenging for Cal Logs old spot I mean Daniels you, you think he's going to be better we're not asking him to be a center any longer and we already know what Cody Whitehead can do right there at right. center if you could get a left tackle with this team it can really change their horizons for either quarterback that will be, we'll be starting for the Bears. So that I, I, too, I hope that they go out. And also, let's not forget when guys get cut, even though how often do ta- tackles get cut or, or if their values. I've heard right, people right. mention Peters, uh, opine for Peters. And the only problem I have with Peters, Jason Peters, from formerly from the Eagles, is – you would hate for a player to come to a team that you're you're a fan of or you're following and you're depending on them to be that catalyst. And then we end up with the same problems the Eagles has had, have had this last, and he's not healthy. And then you're back to square one. And perhaps you don't even have Charles Leno on your team to hold and to get penalties as we so much desire. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I mean, hello. Uh, No, you're right on that though. I mean, I I was the, the one thing I was disappointed with the guys that they took in that seventh round is that they both project as guards. They assume that they'll be guards and not tackle. And I think Lachavius, P.S., the names that in the Bears rookie class, I mean. Really? Well <laughs> um, but, the, but I think he played tackle, but they both projected as guards. Is that what I read? Yes. That, mm-hmm. that was kind of stunning to me. I assumed that he would, he would invest higher up in, in a tackle, somebody, a true tackle that would bring that to the position. So it, it remains to be seen. He clearly saw what he thought would help make them better. So 
let's see if that comes to fruition, I guess. Yeah, with them drafting Darnell Mooney and also Ahmad Wagner from Kentucky, and not even though this was supposed to be such a heralded wide receiver draft, does this kind of tell us that they're looking for Calvin Ridley and maybe an Anthony, a healthy Anthony Miller to take more steps and they're looking back into that room? Because they spent a lot of, of draft capital on receivers, and particularly last year. And I, even though they have a lot of receivers that are somewhat redundant, like you, you kind of would like to see more speed in that room. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just a hearkening to, you know what, let's work with what we got more than throwing more guys into the, that uh, receiver, wide receiver room. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned Ridley, like so young. He has so much growth. Through. Even Anthony Miller, like this, they have a lot of, and if, if Miller can stay healthy and, mm-hmm. and be healthy 100%, that would certainly help. But they they want to see more from Riley Ridley and, and his growth. And uh, Javon Wims, I, you know, they want to see him take another step. And I think that that's what they're hoping for. Um, but they bring in a speedy guy. They replace – Taylor Gabriel. Yeah. Thank you. I was like, I see his face. I see his face. <laughs> um, they replaced Taylor Gabriel with uh, with speed that they need. I mean, impressive speed. So hopefully that will be a good sign, depending on, of course, who's throwing the ball. But um, but I think that you're right. I think they want to see the guys that are already in that wide receiver room take that next step and, and follow the lead of Allen Robinson, who is – in my opinion, at this point, like a steal. He is that leader that they need offensively. He can Mm -hmm. do so much. He's got the right attitude. He can lead those guys, you know, those young guys in a way that they need to be led. And um, I think the Bears should be thrilled that he's on their team and they should make sure that he stays there. Yeah, you mentioned uh, whoever throwing the ball. So obviously you have Nick Foles and the Bears traded for. You have Mitchell Trubisky. But uh, Foles is on a three-year deal from Jacksonville. You know, they restructured that. And now Mitch is the rumors, or at least being reported, they might not pick up their pick up his fifth-year option. So how about a quarterback? I know Ken and I have been debating this. Not really debating. I think we agree with this, that the Bears should definitely sign a veteran and draft the quarterback, and yet still yeah. didn't draft the quarterback. I know that was a bit surprising, but I think that they – okay, first of all, they're not going to pick up the option, you guys. Like, what What yeah. will deter – what – I'm still trying to figure out why he will not comment on it. We're eight days out, right? A week mm-hmm. from tomorrow, correct? I mean, yep. I'm really bad at the calendar right now, but I believe May 4th is a week from tomorrow. Yep. What, pray tell, are you going to learn during quarantine between now and then <laughs> that will change your mind? Like, you know what you're going to do. They knew at the end of the season what they were going to do, and mm. he hasn't proved anything. And I am not – I like Mitch Trubisky. I, I want him to be who they want him to be. And I know you guys have heard the audio all weekend of like with the second overall pick, they select Mitch Trubisky. And I feel like the whole football world was like, I'm sorry, what? What? Like it just didn't quite, right? And so they've been trying and they've been trying and they've been trying. And now they bring in a guy who clearly can play the position in a way that Matt Nagy wants him to play. I think the writing's on the wall for Mitch. He's going to be their, end up being their backup. They may give him a chance, but I feel Mm -hmm. like it would have made sense to draft a quarterback in some capacity. There were some rumors late last night that they did have interest in a couple of late round QBs that they didn't end up getting that went before they were on the clock. But I still think they're going to keep their eyes peeled for stuff and, and hope that Foles can stay healthy and be, be somewhat of the quarterback they need for whenever football comes back. Dean Davis, right here we have Dion Miller from ABC7. Follow her at DMillerABC7. Dion, one thing, though. Initially, D, I did want the Bears to get a QB, but once we knew in the second round, and basically we were talking about Jalen Hurts. I mean, let's let's be honest. Yeah. That was the guy in the second. If you were, And you were at that point, compared to a few months ago, you were actually going higher for him. It didn't make as much sense because one thing you said, Dion, and, or Jake Fromm, who we all know is really going to be a career backup, 
why draft a backup when it's probably Mitch Trubisky is going to be the backup this year? Right. And I mean, Mitch, right. yeah. And I mean, Mitch can probably get you three games if Foles gets hurt. So in a in a draft where you're trying to capitalize on benefiting this team and getting back to their winning ways this season, just throwing a pick away, as we, you, you said earlier, Dion, as far as like Adam Shaheen and stuff like that, just didn't make as much sense. So I was fine with it because I did not want to see Jake Fromm end up on this team and we're sitting there talking about, boy, put in Jake because, you know, here in Chicago, the yeah. backup is the most popular guy. Uh, but look, one thing I, w- I did want to ask you, and we've seen you around the Bears. We've met you in person, actually, at training camp. Mm-hmm. Like, when do you start to see, one, the camaraderie from the rookies, that, that they got that rookie week, and also when they come to town, usually after being drafted, so they can start to build up that this is my class camaraderie, and then also to join in with the vets, and now how fractured that's going to be moving forward. I mean, I think it's helpful yeah. for a team that's not transitioning when it comes to your head coach, but still it has to be difficult to try to teach these young players technique when you can't put your hands on them. Oh, so true. I mean, this is this is obviously an unprecedented offseason, but you do notice just in rookie minicamp that those guys come together really, really quickly. Like, that matters. That is important time. And that's supposed to be, what, next weekend? That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So that is a really important time for them to get acquainted with each other and to feel like they're in the same room together. And then it starts with the OTAs that aren't going to happen. So it is very fractured. I think that um, Nagy is trying to do the best he can to navigate that because he is such a people – person. He is such a bring everybody together. Camaraderie, chemistry is such a big deal for him. So I know that that's a priority to try to make that work. I think it says a lot, even yesterday, I think it was Charles Leno who was immediately following the rookies, uh, the guys who were drafted, immediately following them on the socials and immediately reaching out and saying, welcome to Chicago. You know, Akeem Hicks will do the same thing. You know, there are guys that are going to reach out right away. And I think that may help. I'm not sure how they're working with their position coaches and how that all is going to be navigated, but it is, this is, this is very important. I think it's very, very important because when football comes back, don't you guys feel like it's going to be like, whoo, pedal on the gas, let's go. And it's time to go. And the rookies aren't going to have time. There's going to be growing pains, but they need to minimize those as much as possible. And that's what this time is going to be about giving them the playbooks, trying to get them up to speed as virtually as you can and then and then go from there. But I'm I just keep praying that like some sort of turn happens and they're able to at least get some sort of sports together going. You know, you're hearing about the NBA might start opening practice facilities in states where there isn't such quarantine like what we're living in. And you just kind of pray that that starts to trickle around and that we we are able to get things going because that's what makes it fun for them to go into that process. We spoke with a couple of kids who were going into the draft and they were like, well, we don't know any different. This is all we know. Mm-hmm. You just hope that it doesn't delay their, that development that the GMs have seen in them. It's gotten them to this point. Yeah. Now I, you may have already mentioned it, it maybe uh, Travis Gibson, but what was your favorite player or most interesting player that the bears drafted over the weekend? And then looking out in this division, who do you think had the best draft in the division? Um, honestly, I think the Vikings had a really good draft and I, and I knew that they would, I mean, they were positioned really well. They got some really strong picks. I, I would label them as the team to beat in the division. I, I really think so. I think they've added depth. Um, although an angry Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure we want to deal with that, but yes. I guess we'll wait on that. Right. <laughs> um, uh, for the bears, you know, I actually Jalen Johnson, their second, that 50th overall, I like his attitude. Mm. I like that he 
is frustrated that he didn't go in the first round. And P.S. I mean, a lot of people right away said Komet and Jalen could have gone in the first round. I think the Bears should feel really, really good about that. And I think yeah. that's why Ryan Pace wasn't so like he was. Did you guys notice how fast his picks went in on Friday? Yeah. I mean, yes. It was like Bears on the clock. Here's our pick. I mean, they were so convicted about those those two. I really like that. Um, but yeah, Jalen really stuck out to me. Just his approach, his um, the way he plays. He kind of jumped off the film, and and I know a lot of um, analysts have looked at how many times he was targeted. Not that many times because he's that good. So I feel like that is a bonus for that secondary and and what they need. And I'm excited to see how he makes the transition. Real quick, real quick, real quick. Because so one thing when we after for a second we all were like, well, I guess we're going to go with the Canadian cat with Trey Robeson, and now it seems like he's fallen in the depth chart, which is good because you wouldn't want to put that much pressure on him but should we still think that there's really still something extra there with the fact that the Bears seemingly went out and got a starter in Jalen Johnson from Utah on a Friday night wouldn't you hope it'd be a little bit motivating for Trey like it this is you want him to be pushing for that right coming out of the CFL and Mm -hmm. and knowing that his job is not automatic I think that that can be helpful competition is good for everybody that's what Mm -hmm. they say all the time and I and they've really put that in place um, in bringing in Jalen because, you know, he, I mean, he said, I have a chip on my shoulder. He's going to come in so motivated, no matter when that happens, to prove that he's better than 50th overall. And, and I think that's going to push Trey. And I think we should expect something from him. I think that he's, he's young enough that he can still produce. It's just a matter of what it's going to look like in the way that the Bears use him. Uh- Dion, you mentioned uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and Jordan Love being drafted early. What do you think about that? That was, I think, that was at least the biggest, biggest move, the biggest shakeup in the first round. They no did question. this. To, they did this to Brett Favre, but he was thirty-six. Aaron Rodgers is now thirty-six. Uh, the writing is on the wall. What do you think about it? Well, I think the major difference between when Brett Favre uh, was thirty-six and they drafted Aaron Rodgers was that Favre had talked so much about heading into retirement. Retirement. It was a long. It was a long time ago. I mean, it wasn't when quarterbacks were playing until they're 55, Tom Brady. Like they, <laughs> they weren't playing that long, right? So Aaron has kind of taken care of himself to set himself up to be on the field much longer than I think Brett Favre was. He's not mentioned retirement. He's not acted like I'm on my way out. And now it feels like the Packers think it's time for him to move on. And that is that is an uneasy feeling, I think. And um uh, but Jordan loves a good quarterback. So, I mean, it's yeah. not like they, they reached that far. It just was surprising that they moved up to, like, so intentionally get him. I think that's what got everybody's attention. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. That, I know it got my attention. But you know what? The one thing about the Packers, they always seem to hit on these quarterbacks. So, they, obviously, they're doing something right, Cam. I was hoping, really, I've been thinking the last few weeks that one day the Packers aren't going to have a Hall of Famer quarterback, and I was like, they're going to know what it feels like. And then when I saw that draft, I was like, no, (laughs) because even if he's not a Hall of Famer, chances are he's going to be good because he's going to probably at least play two years behind physically the greatest quarterback before Patrick Mahomes, basically. Right. All right, like, so he's going to be behind that guy. And even though Rodgers and Favre didn't get along, you still see that being behind Favre benefited Rodgers. So to see them go get Jordan Love and also think, I believe uh, Mark Murphy had told Aaron Rodgers after they let go of McCarthy that basically you're the next one out. Like, 
don't feel like you're going to run out LaFleur. Like, you, we're, you're going to be – we're going to start looking at you if this doesn't go straight. So you can still look at them thinking that, one, how often do quarterbacks win Super Bowls that are the highest paid or in the top highest paid quarterbacks in the league, which Aaron Rodgers is, and mm-hmm. them realizing that, you know what, sooner or later we're going to have to flip this, and they already reinvested in the defense last season. So it was shocking, but it was unpleasant to say the least because – I'm tired of lacking Green Bay quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, I know it's hard. Not, I mean, I, I know I am an Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I, he's yeah. good. To, he's fun to watch. He's a good personality. I like the way he like calls things the, as they are, and all of that's to say. I keep thinking though, like the Bears just called and said moving up for a quarterback doesn't always work out, but I feel like Jordan Love might be. Yeah, it, it might be the difference. Yeah. yeah, it, it yeah. might be the difference. Um, Dion, you, as we said before, before we started the interview, we talked about how much you're an extrovert and you like to go out and you have to be amongst, amongst people and you're reporting, obviously. And you cover multiple teams uh, here in the city in your career. So I just want to kind of give get your gauge on obviously what's happening in the world right now. A lot of places, uh, a lot of cities and states are on lockdown. What is your gauge on what do you think the leads are going to do? Do you do you think it's going to be kind of like, all right, we're going to try to just go for it? Or is it a possibility that we have to truly wait, especially for fans and players, because they don't want to get affected, obviously. Right. Um, there's so much unknown. Yeah, there's so much so unknown. Much. Yeah. So what do, what do you think? Um, well, you know, I'm going to be real. Like, my husband and I are watching baseball from Taiwan. I mean, it's happening there, right? So they're doing mm-hmm. it with no fans in the stands, and um, they are protecting their players with taking their temperature and making sure everybody stays really safe. So I'm I'm leaning towards that maybe how some of our leagues look mm-hmm. uh, to start, where they're um, where they're kind of keeping the players in quarantine. But but it's so hard because you don't want to say you can't be by your family, mm-hmm. and yet True. at the same time, like it, it, because that is to me being with your family and staying healthy clearly more important than sports right so much as fans want it back I also feel like it needs to um they need to wait and see if a vaccine becomes more readily available or treatment or something that will lessen the risk of of getting this um and I don't know how what that's going to look like but I do know that like the longer we sit here and we see okay golf start to trickle back and then if the NBA does start to trickle back then I feel like there's going to be more of a demand to say oh let's just try it and see what happens you know I I don't they want to be smart of course but I think that they it could look somewhat like what Taiwan is doing with baseball. I don't think stands will be full for many, many months, if at all. Um, but then I, then I think, gosh, are we that starved for sports Ooh, that we would yeah. risk anybody's health to put them out there? It's just, there's just so much unknown. I feel like every single day it changes. Um, and so we just kind of have to wait and see and, and hope that there is a healthy and safe way to bring back some competitive sports in the way that we all love to watch it. Dean Davis right here. We have Dion Miller from ABC seven sports reporter and anchor. Follow her at D Miller, ABC seven uh, Dion real quick with you in general. Now thinking about how are you are going to go back into your job and have to go into these locker rooms mm-hmm. and one, how the, perhaps uh, media, there'll be some limitations to access to the media we'll have in the future. But on the flip side, you taking the risk of bringing anything back to your house. Like how are you weighing those two things? It's you guys. It's an emotional roller coaster. I'm not lying to you. I mean, there are some people at ABC who are still going into the office. I haven't been there in six weeks, and um, and I keep thinking, well, I, I need to run in there because there's stuff that I have there. And then I'm like, wait, 
I don't want to do that. That's so weird. Like I just, there's a lot of emotions to it. I mean, to be totally honest with you, because I don't want to endanger my children or my family or my neighbors or, or anybody. And yet at the same time, I feel fine. I'm sure you guys deal with this. I feel Mm -hmm. fine. I feel fine. What's the problem? And, And yet, you know, that we could still be carrying something or someone else could, or, I mean, just, you know, running to get gas, which we don't need very much anymore, but you know, just little things like that, that you just don't think about that. Now I take that into consideration. I mean, locker rooms were a Petri dish, you guys, like we were all on top of each other. And I never thought twice about it. Well, now I will. And and does that mean we have to do all of our press conferences from, you know, six feet away or more, or, or they pool feed it out and we phone in our questions? Like, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. There's just a lot. I, I feel like it's changing. Uh, it's changing to the point that it will never be the same. And so I don't know how that's going to affect my job. I'm just thankful right now that I'm able to work from home. What a gift. Yeah. And it's been fun to be creative. It's been fun to have to like, think outside the box and not just do um, the typical stuff. Although covering the draft was fun. This was fun. It was fun to have something like a live mm-hmm. happening. Nobody knows what's going to happen. We don't know the results sporting event. Um, as much as it's been fun to relive some history, it was really cool to kind of see something totally organic unfold and, and in a different way and see Roger Goodell in his basement, whatever, <laughs> wherever he was. Um, and just kind of, it just felt more personal. And, mm-hmm. and, and I really, I really liked that. It was a touch point. I feel like the sports world really needed. It made you kind of like him more, which it I did didn't, bit, I didn't really want to, but I was like, I kind of like him more. <laughs> I know, I know. But the huge thing of M&M's, like, was he not going to eat those? Like, they just sat like, he didn't have snacks? Just pick up some M&M's. You're sitting there for like, three straight days. My last question for you, and this is sad. It was on a sad note. Mm-hmm. How will you be affected by the Kristen Cavallari, Jay Cutler split? Oh yeah. I saw Do you that. guys know that I, I texted my producer and I was like, Cutler's a free agent. I don't know how to feel about this. Like right. I audibly gasped. Um, I was sad. I was really sad um, for the kids, for mm-hmm. them. I, I love, I've always loved Jay. I have, I've never had a problem with Jay when he was quarterback here, when the show, I felt like he was so, he was such great entertainment. Um, but you know that that's not always real life, obviously. And yeah. um, just, I was just bummed. I was bummed for them and they were one of my favorite celebrity couples. And I liked her. I liked him. I liked when she would, they would come back to uh, the stadium together. And like, I just, I, it made me sad. It, mm-hmm. it is a sad note. Yeah. Weren't, they, weren't they stuck on an island together recently? Is that? I think so. Would you think that did it? I That's what I was about to say. Like, I can't take it. Dion, you, know, see my, right? you see my face, Dion. Mm. I, well, I want to say, look, KCAB, we're all in quarantine, okay? So don't yeah. just say that that did Yeah, don't put it on them. <laughs> oh, oh man. Uh, Dion, thank you so much for hopping on with us. We really oh, appreciate anytime. it. You guys are awesome. Yes. You too. Stay safe. And yes. uh, hey, make sure everybody follow Dion on Twitter at DMillerABC7. Uh, do out the week too. You're anchoring, you're doing a sports, uh, sports yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to come up with stories every day. So it's a challenge sometimes, but we've gotten real creative. So it's hey. fun. It's fun. Yeah. Tune in all week. All right, Ken. Thanks, Dion. No, definitely appreciate it. And like D said, you all stay safe, and we will be watching you on ABC7. We always enjoy having you on. Can't wait to actually see you in person again yes. when this is all over. We will uh, hug. 
Okay. Because right. I, I won't have it. I think I already had it two months ago anyway. So you're good. You're good. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Dion. Thanks, Dion. Thank you, guys.